Hello world, welcome back. Fury is here. Welcome back to FG Central. Yes, we are in a new year. Happy belated New Year's to you guys. Yes, I took a long break. That was on purpose. A lot going on in life, but gotta get back to you guys because Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour Finals happened and we are going to be covering it in a slightly different format because there's so much to talk about. How we're going to be doing it is we're going to be covering the this like in a few episodes of, of along the span of this week where we'll be talking about kind of each round of matches per episode and for those of you who don't understand how this format worked for this tournament, well, there were seven Dragon Balls, right? And let's say, for example, if seven different people would have won a Dragon Ball, there would have only needed to be one last chance qualifier to fill the eighth slot for the finals. However, Kazunoko won four Dragon Balls. And then, uh, let me see, it was Sonic Fox, Hook Gang God, and Goichi, who won the other three Dragon Balls. Therefore, there were only a total of four people who won Dragon Balls. Thus, the there had to be four last chance qualifiers um, in order to fill the last four slots for the eight-man finals, which was Bombebon, I believe I I believe that's how you pronounce his name, Ken Devil, uh Dogara, and Finrich. Um, I don't know. It wasn't in that particular order that they won their last chance qualifiers. But I know Fenrich was the fourth one. Dogura, I think, won the first one. Kendevil, I think, won the second one. And Bonbon. So Dogura, Kendevil, Bonbon, and uh, Fenrich in that order, I believe, for the last chance qualifiers. And they were seated, I believe, not in order, but they were seated uh, against each of the Dragon Ball winners, I believe. So in the first round... Each winner went up against one of the last chance qualifiers. And man, great tournament, great tournament. But we're going to talk all about it. I'll try to do one discussion at the end of each of these episodes because I know how much you guys love the discussions. So we'll get to that a little later. But without further ado, let's get into our first match of the finals. Kazunoko versus Fenrich. Here we go. Okay, first match, Kazunoko versus Fenrich, the first seed, the guy with four Dragon Balls. He won four of the seven Dragon Balls, and he's first seeded up against the fourth last chance qualifier winner. That means Fenrich played through four tournaments, okay? I do believe they were single limb though, but he was in that top eight like four times to finally win the fourth one. And finally uh, qualify for these finals. Shout outs to Finrich. But unfortunately, man, Kazunoko is just so goddamn ridiculous in this game. He, oh my God, it was a 3-0. He bodied Finrich. And Finrich is an amazing player. Now, first game, it was the Kazunoko show, okay? All Kazunoko. I mean, he put on a clinic. However... The second game, Fenrich was doing so good. So fucking good. He had Kazunoko down to one character left, which was Yamcha. And I'll be god 
damn it if Yang, um Kazunoko did not pull off that three v that one v three comeback. Yes, he fucking did against Fenridge, taking game two, robbing him, and then once again in game three, the mix ups with Gotenks was so goddamn prevalent on the side of Kazunoko because he mixed up and 50 50 Fenrich to goddamn death on that third game. Now, the third game wasn't as much of a clinic as the first, but Kazunoko did it, man. With these, these mix ups were so prevalent, man. That Gotenks, um, with the delayed uh, ghost uh, super and just baiting out all those reflects. You know, Fenridge trying to do a good job of guessing when to reflect against that uh, delayed Ghost Super. But but no, man. Kazunoko just so good with the delayed Ghost Super into the mix-up situations that he puts you in on those hard knockdowns with Gotenks. It was goddamn ridiculous, man. Shout-outs to Fenrich, but he's going to move to loser's bracket in this first round because everybody in this top eight starts in the winner's bracket because this is the actual top eight finalists. So we all start in winners and Fenrich goes to loser's bracket in the first round. Kazunoko, of course, winner side, top eight. And now... Next up, we have Dogura going up against Hook Gang God. This match was ridiculous. A lot of back and forth. A lot of just godlike moments. In game one, we start with Dogura really showing just the oppression from this team. Um, he has Kid Buu, Cooler, and, and Bardock. Um... I meant, sorry, he has Kid Buu, Cooler, and Goku against Hook Gang Gods, Piccolo, uh, Bardock, and who's Hook Gang Gods? Uh, third, Vegeta, actually. Yeah, he has Vegeta on Anchor. You know, the classic, of course. And, man, so this is what I call adjustments. If you want a proper showing of how to adjust Watch this match because after Dogura takes game one in great fashion, Hook Gang God comes and he makes all the adjustments to take game two. Now, it wasn't a, a Hook Gang God showcase in game two, but his adjustments were made very thoroughly. Um, you know, exactly what to do. On those Hell Zone grenade, grenade mix-ups. Like, okay, he's seen that one. Now let's go for this Hell Zone grenade mix-up. Um, exactly what to do. Actually challenging um, Dogra's mix-up. So when Dogra would do gumball and then a beam assist and whatnot, Hook Game God in Game 2 is like, no, I'm actually going to challenge you this time. You know, I'm going to challenge you in neutral as well. I'm going to throw Piccolo's orb and then I'm going to follow behind it and see what you do in neutral. I'm going to be there. And Hook Game God takes Game 2. Game 3 was so close. Literally last character, almost last hit. But Dogura clutches it out with a wake-up DP from Cooler. Yes, Cooler's like, you know, Dogura's like, I got those too. You got those with Vegeta? I got them with Cooler. Game 4. Hook Gang God, like just just comes out snapping on that ass, just comes out snapping, and man, he did like three or four hells on uh, snap into hells on grenade, snap back into hells on grenade loops. It was fucking crazy. Um, and Hook Gang God ties it up two two, but 
once again a last in game five man Doguru was just ready he was just ready he switches out cooler for android 16 and man he was just ready hook game god definitely could have done it in that game five but Doguru man 16 is just the thing is when you get it's still prevalent to this day even after a year of the game's release um you know Many patches later, 16 still hits like a fucking truck. So you still want to make sure you don't get put down by this character. You want to make sure you put him down because 16 still hits like a truck. And Dogura takes it 3-2. to two. Hook Gang God drops in the losers, but God damn it, he fought his heart out, man. Hook Gang God, a crowd favorite. This guy's the shit, man. So, you know, Dogura moves on. To the winner side of top eight, though. Okay, so for this next match, man, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So, you guys know, man, esports, much like any other sport, is taken very seriously down to the T. In regular sports, when you're going up against a, a team that you know is good, it's a good team. You want to make sure you got their number. You watch the tapes, okay? You know how sometimes when you're watching those sports games, you can just fucking tell, man, they clearly didn't watch the tapes. That's not the case in this next match, I feel, because Bomba Bond versus Sonic Fox, this one was a surprise slightly. I mean, you know, Bomba Bond is a dope-ass player, but... You know, nobody saw this coming. Game one, right? It clearly, you can clearly see from this opening bid, taking out Sonic Fox's hit right off the bat with Kid Boo from Bomba Bond, that this guy watched the tapes. He watched all the NLBC footage. He watched all the Evo footage and every other thing because, goddamn, it's like he had Sonic Fox's number. But don't ever count Sonic Fox out, he is the Evo champ for a reason. Because he did, with Bardock in 16, take game one. But goddamn, Bomba Bond didn't make him work for it. But game two, once again, we're down to the last character. And Bomba Bond pulls it out with the wake up level three. Well, no, it wasn't a wake up level three. It was, um, Sonic Fox was doing like fake block strings and he was he matched level three in the midst of it. Like, sir, that pressure is fake. That's not real. And Bomba Bond takes game two. Game three, Sonic Fox puts on a clinic. Bomba Bond held his own, but Sonic Fox lays it down, puts it on, right? Heavily. Takes game three. Game four was starting to look like it was about to be a wrap, but Bomba Bond, once again, going toe-to-toe, making great decisions. I'm telling like you can tell that this guy studied the tapes. Game four, Bomba Bond ties it up 2-2. We go into the final game. Oh man, it was like basically what game three was for Sonic Fox was game five for Bomba Bond because he put a clinic on Sonic Fox, which is everybody knows. It's it's not easy to do. It's not easy to do. It it's like he knew, man. Even though Sonic Fox was holding his own in all these games and it just could have went either way. It's like Bomba Bond just knew, especially by that fifth game. It's like, man, he studied this guy. He was like, I'm going to be ready. And Bomba Bond, in the surprise, takes it, sending Sonic Fox 
to losers in round one. Not an easy feat. Definitely not an easy feat at all. And nobody probably made that guess, you know. If there were fantasy brackets for this, everybody's fantasy bracket probably got fucked up at that point. Nobody saw that coming. Damn, shout-outs to Bomba Bond. Moving on to winner's side, top eight. Sonic Fox still in it, though. Never count him out. Moving on to losers. And now we're going to proceed. All right, now let's go ahead and round out the last of these first four matches. We ended off with Goichi going up against Kendevil Man. Um, very, pretty much straightforward match. Kendevil starts off, goes in, um, takes game one over Goichi. Um, you know, everybody's starting to worry, right? Because we know Goichi, talented, one of the best. I mean, he kind of was, I mean, that dude when this whole thing started earlier this uh, last year. When the game dropped, Goichi was the world's finest um, at Dragon Ball Fighters, And he showed why in games two, three, and four. Taking it three games straight over Goichi right after that. Um, you know, no if ends. I mean, conversions out the ass. Punishes out the ass. Offense, defense, of course. Um, but Goichi, known for that crazy offense. He is running his new team, kind of his, like, what people call his finals team, which is Piccolo, Goku, and I think it's Bardock. So, you know, I mean, man, you know, Ken Devil, great player, but shout-outs to Goichi. Um, moves on to winners, and Ken Devil down in losers, but not out yet. And we have our eight, which is Kazunoko Dogura. And then um, Bomba Bond and Goichi. And then um, in Losers, it's, I believe it was Fenrich, Hook Gang God, Sonic Fox, and Ken Devil. So we're going to move on now to our discussion portion. Okay, so we're going to wrap this episode up talking about Something that was a big issue right before the World Tour Finals and it had come up quite often and that was the the fact that toy animation it seemed has been shutting down smaller Dragon Ball Fighters tournaments. Oh man, basically my thoughts on it was like I felt like when you bought the game you you know, I feel like you should be able to stream it and, and play these tournaments, you know, if you felt like you wanted to, because it, it esports is a big thing, and I know Toei, whether it's money-related or if they were asking for these big checks, from a business perspective, I can understand, but times have changed. We live in times now where tournaments are a thing, and they are streamed for the viewers, and the people who like it. So I understand where they're coming from from a business perspective, be it an outdated one, you feel me, in my opinion. Um, I feel like this should be, that you know, somebody should sit them down and acknowledge, you know, because Bandai Namco, of course, understands. It's not really Bandai Namco in this, in this particular case. They totally understand it's more toy animation if everything that, li if everything lines up with what's been said, 
And that's just how I feel about it. I feel like these tournaments should be allowed to be streamed. I mean, Anime Ascension, I felt like Dragon Ball Fighters having it there would have worked wonders for Anime Ascension. And unfortunately, they couldn't have it there because they probably couldn't cut the check or whatever. And that's, damn, yo, because... For a tournament like Anime Ascension, which already has a cult like following and people already tune in, it would have been even better for them to get something like Dragon Ball, which has that commercial appeal, um, which contrasts well with your Guilty Gears, your Blaze Blues, and everything else. So, man, it's, it's sad to see, man, because a lot of people were saying this could be the death of the scene, which clearly it isn't because the World Tour Finals were successful, but this could just be the beginning of a slowdown. We don't know. But, you know, we did get season two. We'll talk more about that later. But this could be the beginning of a slowdown because it's looking like it's not going to be at Evo. And that's a big deal. Is it a one and done? Like when, when that was tweeted by, I think, Mr. Wizard, was, who was the one who tweeted that, that this could be a one and done for Evo. I was like, holy shit, that's kind of crazy. Um, it, this was a big deal at Evo. It was the game with the most entrance, surpassing Street Fighter fucking five, yo. This shit was a big deal, and it had the highest viewership too, if I'm not mistaken. So goddamn, it would be a shame if this game couldn't be at Evo, man. Holy fuck, yo. I hope that um, something happens. Remember, Nintendo had something similar going on back in the day. And they eventually had to overturn that just because of the outcry and the backlash. Let's hope that the same thing happens. Maybe someone can shed some light on Toei. Maybe someone can open their eyes, man, at this archaic, um, just dinosaur style of uh, business practice and, and mindset. Um, you know, and hopefully we can get the, this game back where it belongs at all these tournaments. And so these tournaments can shine with some goddamn Dragon Ball Fighters because this is a dope-ass game to watch. It's a dope-ass game to play. And you want the pro players to play it. And you want the viewers to watch and enjoy it. So anyway, those are just my thoughts on that. You know, let me let you, let me know what you guys think. At FG Central one on Twitter, man. Share, like, wherever you watch the podcast. I'm so fucking glad to be back. And, you know... Peace world. I'll hit you guys soon with the rest of the coverage.